Welcome back. This is Hindsight. I'm Derek, and as always, I'm joined by my right-hand man, Brandon. Uh, today, I ain't even going to give us no small talk, no nothing, no ins and outs. We're going to get right into it. Um, I thought horrible movie or horrible movie month was over in October, but uh, nope. Nope. Video game movies are dedicated to giving us a sequel of some of the worst uh, shit in movie history i'm not even saying in movies i'm saying or i'm not even saying in video game movies i'm saying history period if the first movie we ran into is a sign of what's to come i don't like it (laughs) we watched uh double dragon which is a 1994 movie uh starring robert patrick and scott wolf and the chairman from um iron chef and Alyssa Milano, and a lot of randos. A lot of randos. Um, Vanna White. <laughs> Vanna White. Vanna White was in this movie for no fucking reason whatsoever <laughs> as a newscaster who literally gets mansplained. She literally gets talked down to by a dude so cold that I was mad for her. Like, um, she's like, they're like, um, what, what did he say? Well, she was like, I didn't know that that could happen. And he was like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, good job, Vanna. And it's like, shut the fuck up, white dude. Shut the fuck up. Um, so I got a question. Yes. Double Dragon came out in 1987. Oh, yeah. Or 86, something like that. Oh, you mean the video the game? Video game, yes. Double Dragon came out like 1986 or like 1987. Um, why the fuck did they think it'd be a good idea to make a movie about Double Dragon in 1994? Like when Mortal Kombat came out, Mortal Kombat was like the most popular game in the world. Like I get why they would capitalize on that and use it as a money grab. Same thing with Street Fighter. This is like eight years late. Like Double Dragon was popping in the 80s. If they'd have made a movie in the 80s, it could have been shitty and they would have still made money. They did this in 1994. Like what? I think that their thinking was better late than never. What hasn't already been made into a movie? And most importantly, what can we make into a movie in our image? I think that's really important because the uh, game Double Dragon is about two brothers, Billy and Jimmy Lee, uh, who are fighters living in the inner city. Um, And they, I guess, they have a girlfriend named Marion. Um, Marion gets kidnapped by Willie, who's the bad, who's the super, who's the end villain in the game, uh, punched in the stomach and thrown over the shoulder and walked away. Everybody knows that iconic intro. Um, and then Billy and Jimmy have to fight their way through like five levels to get to uh, Willie, who's a machine gun, who's a guy with a machine gun who shoots machine guns at him, basically. Uh, along the way, they fight a whole bunch of big steroid head dudes named a Bobo. Um, they fight against a woman named Linda, who can the only weapon she could pick up is a whip. Um, and then there's a guy named Roper, I believe, and another guy. There's like four villains in or four characters in this game, they just keep showing up, same color, same everything. At the end of the game, when you kill Willie, 
the machine gun endgame villain, uh, Billy and Jimmy then fight against each other to the death in order to find out who gets to claim the hand of Marion as their forever girlfriend. Just one moment, Brandon, before we get into this uh, movie. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> yes, that's that's the that's literally the story of Double Dragon. That's the that's the original arcade story of Double Dragon. That's it. There's nothing more to it. Um, and oh, real quick, when I was a, a much worse person, at least parent wise, I, I had no scruples when I was a parent. Uh, I played Double Dragon when it came out on Xbox Live Arcade. So that had to have been like 2012, 2013, something like that. Um, it's a two-player game, two-player co-op. And so uh, as I was playing it, uh, my youngest daughter, Isabella, uh, came over and wanted to play with me. Um and so she, I gave her the second controller. It was no problem. I was fighting through it. Um, she never helped out. She was like eight or nine, something like that. And so as I'm fighting through this game by myself, you know, I'm getting hit by enemies on all sides and I'm dying and she's just hiding in the corner. Uh, but I have continued, so it's no problem. I get down to the final continue and we make it to the end of the game because she's hiding in the corner and I'm dying while I'm fighting Willie. Uh, I finally defeat Willie with one hit left on my last life, on my last continue. We get to the point where we got to fight each other in order to choose who gets to have Marion's hand. Now, keep in mind, my daughter has literally hid in the corner for this entire game, this entire last level. She hid in the back corner, just walked away and just kept walking in the, yeah, you see it. She has three lives left with full health. I have one life left with one hit left on that one life. And I get an achievement for beating the game from beginning to end. So what I did was I told my eight-year-old daughter that the way that she would win the game is by walking off a cliff three times. And uh, she ran off the cliff three times and died, and I subsequently won the game and claimed Marion's hand. <laughs> I still feel no shame about that because she didn't really want to play the game anyway. She just wanted to hang out. But the way that she ran off the cliff and my, my wife was just looking at me like, you're, you're horrible. You're a horrible person. No qualms, no qualms whatsoever. I'd do it again in a millisecond, especially if it was between that or watching this movie. Double Dragon, like we said, stars Robert Patrick and uh, and 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 Scott Wolf and 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 the creator and the chairman of um, Iron, Iron Chef. Chef. And the way that this movie starts off, and Alyssa Milano, and Alyssa Milano. Thank you. Who didn't and even look like Alyssa Milano? Like, I didn't know it was her. She looked, my wife said to make sure that we say that her hair looked great. She has never seen her with a better hairstyle in her entire life. I did not know that was her. By the way, this is after Melrose Place. This, this takes is place after, after Party Melrose of Five. Place. So I was like, 
That didn't, and then I looked it up. I think she was like 21 at the time. So like she was like 19 on Melrose Place doing those sex scenes in 1992. Okay. I didn't even watch <laughs> Melrose Place either. Um, I didn't watch Party of Five. So this is my first time seeing many of these characters. The last time I saw Alyssa Milano uh, before this movie was probably Who's the Boss? But this is the first <laughs> time I've ever seen this movie. So um, the movie opens up with a voiceover, like all good video game movies do, uh, describing uh, how the um, how the medallion got to where it was and the uh let's just put it like this thousands of years ago in ancient china an evil army of shadow warriors terrorized the great city of changsa to save his people the good king sacrificed himself to create a mystical medallion realizing the ultimate powers of the medallion the king split it in half to one son he gave the power over body to the other the power over the soul this the legend of the double dragon now, again, Double Dragon is a video game about two guys where their girlfriend gets kidnapped, and so they fight up and down the street until they get her back. Double Dragon, the movie, is about a mystical medallion that uh, gives one person power over body and the other power over the soul. Um, oh, and the person who's telling the backstory is the villain of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, the villain of the movie is played by Robert Patrick. His name in the movie is uh, Koga. Koga. Koga Shuga. But his real name, as we find out, isn't that. Um, they have the beginning opens up after they do that part. The beginning opens up with Billy and Jimmy fighting in a. No, I mean, no. The beginning starts off with uh, a person in a mask beating everybody's ass in in japan somewhere in china somewhere what it said. so somewhere whenever in... listen whenever whenever a movie says somewhere in blank asian country uh eastern asian country uh you know that that's about to be something racist is about to happen and so what happens some person in a in a shredder mask like a you know like you know the foot clan the ninja turtles that's what mm -hmm. she was dressed up as she rolls into this hidden temple with this medallion that supposedly has all this power in the world, right? Nobody's guarding the medallion. She rolls up in this temple, takes it, takes the mask off. Of course, it's a white woman. So oh, it's always a white woman. Had to be a, oh, it had to be some racist, had to be some white person going to Asia and beating and everybody's ass. Yeah, stealing something that's very important to their culture. Yep, that makes sense. Good. Very accurate. So we got a white woman who's better at karate than literally everybody else who has ever come through China. Uh, she also is seen with a whip. They don't show her actually using the whip. They just show her using the whip from behind because this white woman doesn't know how to use a whip or fight. So they always have her back to the screen whenever she fights. Um, she gets to the medallion. There's nobody guarding it. She rips the medallion off of the statue's neck, which pisses me off. Like just the thought of when you um, have a medallion 
or a chain. If anybody snatches a chain off your neck, that fucks up the clasp. As an adult, I really think about shit like that. Like you're messing up the the the, the attachment, the clasp of this thing, but she snatched it off and then she pulls out the world's worst looking satellite phone. Like she pulls out a fucking briefcase with a fucking keyboard satellite and, dish and, on it. and satellite dish and, and earbuds and it's just a horrible and and numbers for no reason that she doesn't even touch and she types on these white buttons that don't have any anything on them except for dirt and then she called up the Koga Sugar and she's like I got it and so she's Linda Lash um this movie takes place in the future by the way yes it takes place it came out in 1994. It takes place in New Angeles, 2007, after the big quake. Now, I just want to stop real quick and say, God damn it, movies, will y'all stop trying to sing California? <laughs> well, I said that this movie you know, this movie uh, took climate change serious, more serious than Republicans <laughs> do in 2020, 26 really, years ago. It really does, but between the, the acid rain and the, the, the big one, which wasn't just in this movie. It was also uh, Escape from Los Angeles and uh, fuck it, San Andreas and all these other movies. Stop trying to sink us. We ain't going nowhere, motherfuckers. Do a movie in Oklahoma and 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 have it like after the big F5 that just leveled everything. It Not did. Really Wizard of Us. Dude. <laughs> What's the- so... so and they uh, did the smog too, so not just the earthquake. They went full Los Angeles. You can't see the you can't see the sun because of the smog. So then Linda pulls up back to Koga Shugo's uh, building, and she walks in. He's got his back to everybody, but he's talking, and you can see his bleached ass flat top and horrible ass goatee. Um, and he's the one who was narrating the whole thing, like we said, which made me feel bad for his henchman who had to stand there and listen to it. At the beginning of the movie, he had like 15 people standing in a room with him. For the rest of the movie, he only has like three. I don't know what happened to the other 12 people that were standing in there. They probably left after he narrated the story of the double dragon medallions for the 60th time and shit. Um, they had Linda standing there like she was getting horny from every word that he was saying. Exactly. And then she's just like... Oh, 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 boss. And then um, turns out there's still aftershocks from the big one seven years later, which everybody gets shook by or spooked by except for Koga Shuga because he's like, hey, y'all, it's aftershocks. Don't be afraid. That's important because he also says the quake several years ago was a herald his arrival in Los Angeles. New Angeles. New Angeles, thank you. <laughs> You're gonna have to keep telling me, Craig, because I'm gonna forget. Um, so then they go to a karate tournament where Billy and Jimmy are. Oh no, no, a- you forgot that he picks up the medallion and it has some of the worst CG graphics that you've ever seen, even for 1994. You mean where he turns into a gray piece of uh well done <laughs> meat and just yeah. shimmers and just Oh God! He, because he has the body, he has the power of the soul, which I guess turns him into a ghost. But the ghost is actually, you know what? He turns into a ghost. Let's just say that he said literally that he has the power to turn into a ghost, and just leave it at that. Because later on, 
shit happens that isn't ghost-like at all. So then they go to Billy and Jimmy, who are in a tag team karate tournament. Tag team handicap karate tournament. Because they were tagging in against one person to start. And so uh, they are there with their... Uh, it At this point in time, it seems like a friend or something or somebody who just randomly works there. But she tells them, look out for the spin kick. Uh, Satori tells uh, Billy to, Jimmy, watch out for a spin kick when he goes back in there. Jimmy immediately starts fighting against this dude and catches a spin kick to the face. Like, next move. Everything that <laughs> happens in this movie is somebody says something and it happens in the very next scene. Um, the brothers start fighting against each other. Uh, because Jimmy gets the upper hand on this dude, so Billy forces a tag WWE style. I did not know you could tag in and out of a karate tournament, but hey. Uh, I didn't know you had a shot clock in a karate tournament either. I, what, what were the three points for? Some probably some takedown bullshit that they made up. And so uh, Billy tags into the tournament, and it turns out what we already figured, which is that Scott Wolf. He can't fight. <laughs> they didn't even want him to turn his back and have somebody else act like him. Scott Wolf can't fight at all. Um, so he's playing Billy from Double Dragon, who's supposed to be this great street fighter, and he can't fight. Um, and they have a lead, like 10 to 3, in this tournament, and Billy fucks it up, so they lose. The way he fucked it up was by, like, hitting somebody when they said stop hitting him. So him and Jimmy fight because he fucked it all up. And so after that, fuck it, they flat, they go to the uh, newscasters who are talking about how a curfew's coming. Be careful of the curfew. The curfew is when the gangs come out. After the curfew, the gangs come out at night. The gangs stay in during the day, but they come out at night. Uh, mind the curfew. Vanna That's White. Meet Vanna White, yep. Vanna White is uh, in this movie, as well as Andy Dick, who is yes. doing the, the weather. weather. And holding up a umbrella with a million holes in it, talking about and look out for the black rain. New Angeles is completely fucked up. Did you see that? I actually, I actually screenshotted this. The cities in New Angeles, like the parts of town. I saw t New Tokyo. So you got New Tokyo, which is like an island. You got East Angeles, Orange, just Orange, not Orange County, just Orange. New Angeles City, like New Jack City. Lake Pasadena, Pasadena River Basin, like in the in the Pacific Ocean is like halfway into the city. Like the whole the whole west side of Los Angeles is just the Pacific Ocean now. Yeah, and they actually said, Andy Dick said, and the water, the tide is gonna come in all the way to Hollywood and Vine today. Uh, as they showed the water, fake ass water just creeping in at Hollywood and Vine, which is important later on. Um, so then, um, Billy and Satori and Jimmy are driving back from the tournament due to the tournament going so long, they've gotten out after the curfew. Satori is telling them, look, you are, we're out after the curfew. We got to go. Uh, a guy, a van, a Brinks truck, let's be honest, a Brinks truck pulls up behind them. And um, starts, like, trying to run them off the road. Billy, who's in the pasture seat, so he's a scrub, um, 
pulls down the side rear view mirror and in the side rear view mirror for some reason there's a fucking database computer and he starts typing into the database computer and it tells him about like it's a gang member database so he types in something and it tells him that uh the person who's behind them is not a bobo but bo a bobo <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, so basically, what Rashad is describing is they have a station wagon Batmobile. So it's like the it's like the station wagon from like the National Lampoon movie, but it's got like a big ass torch on the top that they have to put paper inside, like you're putting inside your fireplace. Yeah, they have a Mister the Fusion. They, they have a fucking <laughs> Mister Fusion. Let's be honest. From from Back to the Future too. Yes, on the on the Chevy Chase station wagon. And also, one other thing that's very important that comes up later that's so ridiculous is the city is in fucking ruins. It looks mm-hmm. like Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's just desolate as could possibly be. Just, just destroyed. All the destroyed buildings are fuck. abandoned. Yes. But later in the movie, you'll see something and you'll go, hold on, it's the same city. And we'll get to that when we get to <laughs> So they um, look up the information on Boa Bobo. I'm I'm just saying, like when you really think about that, his name is B O A B O B O, Bo Bo Bo. Um, but they find out that he can bench press 800 pounds. Um, and so they drive away, and there and Bo and his lackey are like following them. Um, and they go into a tunnel, and they're like, "Hey, put some." Add some fire, put some fuel to the fire, and that's when they start stuffing shit into the Mr. Fusion. Um, a beat up station wagon with a fucking nitro kit, Boa Bobo's uh Brink truck, and then so they um have a map with it. I don't know if that was fucking nacho cheese on it or what, <laughs> but Billy is sitting again in the passenger seat, he pulls out the map. And says, I'm going to use, he basically is using it to block the vision of the driver in the Brinks truck. So he reaches his hand out of the passenger side window. The paper, the map, opens up from his hand and flies diagonal to land right perfectly to perfectly cover the driver's side window of the Brinks truck behind them. So Bo can't see, and his uh, lackey is like, what are we going to do? And Bo says, don't worry about it. He hits a button, and a fucking program called a Teletracker pops up, and a fucking Tron stick. For those of y'all who have never played video games before, a Tron stick is like a fighter stick. It's basically a video game stick. They pull out a video game stick, and Bo starts driving using this video game stick. They're also able, because of this teletracker, which is nothing more than what looks like a beat up digital camera, they're able to see shortcuts. So they call out to each other, shortcut, 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 as they go through a shortcut and they're able to get right behind Billy, Jimmy, and Satori again. This is what I wanna know. That camera was not showing a live feed no. at all. So what I want to know is how the hell did they know nothing else was in this street? Like this is a, de- a desolate, destroyed 
fucking myopic town. It could be all types of debris or fucking blockages or shit just all in the street that you got to swerve around because the town is shit. And they can't see because, like you said, the uh, the the nacho cheese map covered their fucking uh, screen, their windshield. So I was just supposed to believe they run through this fucked up town and never run into nothing, not a thing. Not until it's convenient. And also, I'm looking at the video of it, uh, the part where they are driving down this alleyway that is too small for their truck. Just so then, here's one thing you got to know about this movie. I've seen Surf Ninjas, and I've seen uh, Three Ninjas Kickback, and I've seen a lot of bad ninja movies, and this is by far the worst. Uh, One thing that they do a lot in this movie is show people doing uh, screaming for no reason, to show their fear. Like, and when I say screaming, I mean like over the top, way too much, why are you doing this still? It's no longer funny type <laughs> screaming where they show somebody's entire mouth screaming. Uh, it's important because no reason, but they do show somebody like, so they'll show somebody's mouth going ah! and moving side to side to show just how scared they are of everything that's happening. Um, and then close up with their eyes and their lips and everything else. So they crash into a truck, Bo Bobo and his goofy ass, dumb ass, no need to be their ass friend. Um, and they end up in an alley where, um, Billy and, and Jimmy are already at in Satori. And so they hop out and, they, and Billy and Jimmy think they're going to have to fight against Bo and his friend. And uh, Billy turns around and says, and I quote, hey, Broomhead, we're going to sweep the floor with your skull. <laughs> yes, I had that. I had that line. So this is only 17 minutes into the movie, y'all. I just want to remind you that this is how bad this shit is. Um, so then... Uh, they cut away to show four people. They cut away to show people literally repelling from the from the roof of buildings all around this alleyway. And then they show four people who are disguised as graffiti painting coming off like who have been standing with their faces against the wall. And then they back away from the wall to show that they're people. And I have questions. Then the Bobo just leaves. Well, yeah, Bobo Bobo's like, you know what? I'm good. Like him and his (laughs) friend are just like, fuck it, we're out. But I I have I have questions. Um how long did those people stand there? It was a plan. Who set up this plan? They set up this plan. See, they knew that was the gang territory. See, what happens is that that gang just does that so they can catch people. But but they can only do it in that one alley. Yes. That outfit only works in that one alley <laughs> and in that one specific spot. And 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 if nobody shows up, do they just have their heads up against the wall for the entire time? And then yes. after that, we sh- we find out that um. The leader of this group called the Power Corps is Marion, who's supposed to be in the video game, 
is Billy and Jimmy's girlfriend, but in this movie, she's just the leader of the power core and has had her head up against the wall since the curfew started. She's also the daughter of uh, Blue of Lives Chief. Matter. Yes, Chief Blue Lives Matter. Um, and also, I want to point out that her little brother in this movie was, is really her little brother in real life. Nepotism, it's a thing. Um, but so they... So as, as, how do I put this best? As a Bobo and his his henchman, because there's only one of them, as a Bobo and his goon, see all these people repelling from the roof and backing up from walls and shit, they decide that it's better if they just go ahead and leave. And at this point in time, Billy sees fit to say some straight racist shit. Everybody in this movie <laughs> is pretty much white. I just want to remind y'all of that. Uh, but Billy... Except starts, Iron Chef Man. Except for Iron Chef Man. And, and uh, Satori. His his aunt, mom, friend. I don't fucking know who she is. But she's just there. So Billy, as uh, a Bobo and his goon are getting back in their car and going away, Billy says, all right, last of the Mohicans. And then as they get into the car, he says, run, you little tontos. That's his brother. He can be racist with his brother. That wasn't his brother. That was a Bobo that he was talking to. <laughs> that was a Bobo and his goon who were both white. And he's like, go little last of the Mohicans. <laughs> Run, you little tontos. Like, what the fuck? Who, who wrote this shit? Who thought this was okay? Um, so they run. Because why not? So, first of all, you glossed over this. This whole movie is Satori's fault. This whole movie is Satori's fault. She had the damn medallion. She knew the power of the medallion. She had never told them. She could have told them how to use the medallion, how to get the power out of the medallion. You know, if somebody else has a medallion, you're going to have to fight them. This is how the medallion can help you. She didn't tell them none of that shit. She just says, this is very important. Your father, Your father wanted me to guard this. So I'm guarding it with my life like I will watch over you. And that's all she told him. And then they get this medallion. And so this whole film, Satori causes it all. She gets she gets caught. They try to save her. They get fucked up trying to do all that. It's all her fault. Well, yeah. But it's all her fault because mysteriousness. She had to be mysterious because yeah, the, she movie, was very mysterious. <laughs> the movie demands mysteriousness. Like, I don't even know how they fucking relate it. But apparently not only that, but she was the love interest of Koga Shugo because at one point he was like, I mourned you. I thought you were dead. But hold on. Why that happened, I don't know, but Scott Wolf can go fuck himself too. Um, <laughs> so let's see what else, what else, what else. The Power Core uh, want a gang net link up. 
Like they got a lot of technology in this movie that they don't know is actually good shit. But they want to gain that link up that'll tell them where the other gangs that are destroying the city are all located. Um, back in 1994. In 1994, I couldn't even download half a nipple <laughs> using dial-up. And they want a gang net link up. Um, in fact, they had a lot of uh, Wi-Fi dreams in this movie. Uh, they had the digital camera setups and wireless gang net link ups and then the rear view mirror camera. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that about wraps that up. Uh, so then um, they say that... I want to know how they got all this shit in the destroyed, desolate, myopic, post-apocalyptic time. Well, I've been playing this game called Far Cry 6 New Dawn or Far Cry, Far Cry 5 New Dawn. Um, and what happens is that if you get enough gears and pieces of glass, you can actually make a bow and arrow set. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that is how those games work. That's exactly how they work. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I don't. But yeah, everybody has like high technology shit in this day and age without high technology shit. Because when the, okay, if it's 2007 and the big one happened seven years prior, that means it happened in 2000, which means literally none of this shit, none of this shit could have happened. I don't give a fuck what you say. So, uh, show or, um, the fuck is her name? Satori. Satori is their dad's ex-co-worker. Uh, their dad died, and she swore to take care of them in the medallion that he gave her. Uh, she knows about the power of the double dragon, and she's the one who actually hid the two medallions. Which leads me to the next statement. Why in the fuck would you hide? We talked about this in fucking Leprechaun uh, back Leprechaun in the hood. In the hood. Leprechaun in the hood. Why in the fuck would this the opposite? In that one, he took something that he shouldn't have taken with him with him. He took the leprechaun with him and put it in his front room so he was able to always look at it. In this one, she should have taken another medallion and kept it with her. But instead, she puts it into an empty cave in China where nobody's guarding it. And then she goes to the United States in Los Angeles and she's like, it's safe. Mm-hmm. Which makes no sense. Why didn't she just keep both? Oh no, she said it. So nobody could have that that much power. She said, this motherfucker said, I hid the piece where no one would find it. And I just muttly laughed. I literally just, <laughs> because we've already seen Linda Lash, who doesn't even know how to fight or do anything, find it. Mm -mm. With no map. Well, she supposedly knows how to fight. She just, the actress didn't know how to fight. Well, yeah, the, the person knows how to fight, but yeah, no, yeah, she, mm -mm. the actress was, we'll talk about that later on. Um, then we uh, go to a scene where a Bobo is in Kogashuga's office. It turns out somehow that he's working for him. Mm -hmm. We don't know why they're working for each other right now. I don't know how a grunting, stupid idiot like a Bobo would have ever linked up with Kogashuga. Because he got, he's got his finger on the pulse of the gangs of the city, of New Angeles. Man, <laughs> of New Angeles. New Angeles. So, 
What uh, was this machine that he put him in? What the fuck was that? Well, before they did that, before that happened, um, Kogashuga is uh, with a Bobo and Linda Lash and is talking with them about how disappointed he is in a Bobo for fucking up the um, fucking up getting the other medallion. And Abobo's like, you didn't, she didn't tell me what's important about this. She didn't tell me. Speaking much more clearly than I would have thought Abobo would have been able to talk, to be completely honest with you. Billy Lee. Hold on. Age 17. Parents deceased. Legal guardian Satori Imada. Last known address Deville Theater. Fourth degree. Black. How's I supposed to know? Look like a piece of cheap jewelry. Jimmy hmm? Lee. Power of the Eight, second dragon call. Now surrender Paris, it deceased. or die. So what just happened right there is that uh Kuga has literally been is sitting there talking shit to a bobo and then Linda Lash turns on the lights before Kogashuga gets his shades on. And so he freaks out like he's scared of the light or like he's blinded by the light <laughs> in his own office. Like he's the person who works there. Um, so he's like, don't turn on the lights before I put my shades on. That's important to remember for later on. Uh, they walk. They walk a bobo uh, in, and they're like, "Yo, man, you fucked up. Why did this happen? I always wanted to own my own city. Why'd you fuck it up?" And he was like, "It wasn't just me. Linda fucked up too," which is like my favorite part. Of he it. said, "Why can't I just run one American major American city?" <laughs> he was so mad. It was so it was so meta because it was like all the bad guys want to run a city, and he just said it so explicitly. <laughs> just mm-hmm. dying last. Everybody night. else gets one. Why can't I get one? I'm white. <laughs> Why can't I get in charge of American city? So this is one of my favorite parts of this entire movie is when you hear a Bobo poorly acting, a Bobo whiny ass poorly acting, a Bobo say this. Lash should have put out an APB on that dragon thing. It's her fault. It's her fault. Lash should have put out an APB on that dragon thing. It's her fault. This is my acting voice. <laughs> I mean this. I'm a big, strong motherfucker, but I have feelings too. I can lift 800 pounds, but I have feelings too. Lash should have put out an APB on that medallion. It's her fault. Fucking hate a Bobo. <laughs> I hate everything about this movie. And I hate the fact that after that, Robert Patrick's line was, your incompetence sticks needles in the flesh of my honor. What does that mean? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what 
does that mean? Yeah, I'm gonna start using it. You know how I already start shows by saying "Ahoy, motherfuckers!" Ahoy, motherfuckers! Your incompetent sticks needles. I can't wait till somebody messes up in a basketball game, bro. I'm gonna pull the kid off the court and I'm be like, "Your incompetence sticks needles <laughs> in the flesh of my honor." Go to the end of the bench. I'm not even going to give him time to think about what the fuck that means. I'm to Go to the end of the bench. Your incompetence sticks needles in the flesh of my honor. Go flush the goddamn toilet. <laughs> Your incompetence sticks needles in the flesh of my honor. Go wipe. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Oh, and then after he said that, He's walking them down to that goofy ass machine that um, apparently will give a Bobo the strength of 10 men, even though a Bobo already has the strength of 10 men. He already can bench press 800 pounds. So that means that it's going to give him the strength of 20 men, which means he'll be able to bench press 1600 pounds, I guess. But he says, but, but Kogashuga says to a Bobo, I consider you like a son of Bobo. And like a son, I can always have another. And then a bubble screams before he even gets put into the machine to show that something bad's about to happen to him. I just mm -hmm. want to point out that before the next thing even happened and Miriam's dad was showing, or uh, when they showed Miriam at home, I just want to point out that I tweeted before it even happened that Miriam's dad is the chief of police. And 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 that because he was the chief of police, I saw he was the chief of police, but I was like, I bet you at some point he's going to say he hates the power corp and tells Miriam how much he loved to bust him. And that happened in the very next scene. Mm -hmm. Also, the box of Rice Krispies that they were eating said Shuko Krispies on the front with three uh, with oh, all yes. three of the people wearing Matrix uh, glasses and suits. But then the top the top lid of the box still says Rice Krispies. Yes. <laughs> you are taking this movie too serious. You got to stop saying that for every fucking movie. Otherwise, we ain't going to make it. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. This movie, this movie, I, at parts of this movie, I just thought it was so bad that I laugh and I just laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. And the other parts of this movie was so bad that I didn't even want to talk about it. I was just like, <laughs> I, have, I don't, I don't have words to put in what I'm looking at. Like they have the. And by the way, one of the things that Rashani didn't bring up that I found interesting is that uh, apparently the big earthquake wiped up all the niggas because there's none in this movie. Not even in the gangs. There's, Not even in the gangs. There's like one we or two exist. that we saw in the gangs, period. But the rest of them, all white. All Lily White movie. And they're still using racial slurs. <laughs> so, so, um, the chief of New Angeles says to his daughter, the power core are terrorists. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, terrorists who stare at a wall all day wait, waiting for something to pop off. That's that's a real dangerous group right there. They 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 spend all day self-punishing themselves. <laughs> self-punishing themselves. Self-punishing. So uh let's see. After that, after they have that little conversation, we go back to Billy and Jimmy who were in their movie theater house. 
sparring in street clothes on a tile and concrete floor. Uh, <laughs> Satori comes in to say, uh, y'all need to work harder. And Jimmy's like, yeah, man, we got to work harder to get this move down. You know science? Do you even science, bro? <laughs> and, and Billy is like, no, that's why it's called, that's why it's not called martial sciences. It's called martial arts. And arts. I've never wanted more to find the ticket from the last action hero so I could jump into a movie and punch a motherfucker in the gut. <laughs> so I just want to point out that um, Robert Patrick you know, Kogashuga and also T-1000 was reading my tweets about this shit and was liking the post that he found funny because I tagged him. I don't give a fuck. And so at this point, after they're working on this move that isn't martial sciences, it's martial arts, Robert Patrick and, and Lash and 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 Huey and, and Lewis come in and uh, Satori sees them and she's like, he's Robert Patrick looks at her and says, I've missed you, Lotus Flower. <laughs> and Satori says, Geisman. And Robert Patrick says, no one's called me Geisman in many years. But like a phoenix rising from the ashes, I have ascended. And at that point in time, I went to see how many Razzies this movie had won. Didn't win any. Go mm -hmm. figure. Mm -hmm. um, would you think of that? Would you, would you imagine that? I, right? Like, how many movies had to be worse than this shit? But this was the year <laughs> that fucking Showgirls came out. Oh, Showgirls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, Showgirls, uh, best, the worst couple award went to any couple or body parts in the entirety of the movie Showgirls. So we will never watch that movie. Um, no, never. So I can't do that. Kogashuga. So did we skip over the part where Satori dies? Did we no, get no, not yet? yet. No, we haven't died. We we oh. haven't gotten there yet. Wait, wait, wait. So okay, okay. Kogashuga says, My name is no longer Geisman. I've taken on a new name, that of the great ancient Japanese warlord. So this white man completely dolezal, uh, the mm -hmm. ancient culture. Um, and his real name is was Victor Geisman, which is a Jewish fucking name. This Jewish man, who according to what I looked up, the Geisman family name was found in the US, the UK, and Canada between 1880 and 1920. The most Geisman families were found in the US in 1880. So he was in the United States as Victor Geisman, it's at some point decided that he wanted to be Chinese, Japanese, mm -hmm. Chinese, Asian, Chinese. No, mm -hmm. Japanese. No, Chinese. Chinese. And so he says to uh, Satori, now, I believe you have something that belongs to me about the medallion that she's wearing around her neck that was given to her from a family heirloom from a coworker of hers that's actually Chinese. The Jewish guy is saying that your 
medallion that belonged to ancestors belongs to me because appropriation <laughs> is undefeated y'all we usually talk about what age the best it's appropriation this movie appropriation is the whole mvp um and then scott wolf starts talking shit and running around and he um jumps on a rope and swings across uh and lands safely and then the guy behind him jumps on another rope and swings across and scott wolf moves to the side so then the dude kind of just flies into a statue behind him and then he giggles and that's when i wanted to start a two-player game of double dragon just so i could watch billy get his ass whooped and not help out um then they show isn't this where they had that corny scene with the net yes yes almost (laughs) almost so then they show satori uh fighting against victor and she jump kicks while they're talking. And he's like, when the excavation happened in, in Ching Sa, I thought you were dead and I mourned you. He turns his back. She jump kicks him through a poster. For some reason, instead of him getting up and, and, and walking around <laughs> the thing and talking, he literally jumps back through the poster and then brushes off his shoulders like the show You Can't Hurt Me, which made no sense to me at all. So then they show these two climbing up the uh, the the netting and fighting against Huey and Lewis, and they always show the chairman from uh, Iron Chef whooping people's ass because he really knows karate, and they show yes. Billy doing whatever he can to get by. But they both get by, and then the door opens, and they watch and stare as a guy who fills up the entire door stands there staring at him and walks through the door and it's a Bobo. And a Bobo is now like the size of two guys, plus he has two nut sacks on the back of his neck. Yeah. No, it was like, um, it was like two Hasim Rachmans <laughs> on the side of it, like, like two extreme Hasim Rachmans. It was disgusting. It looked so fake. It looked like he was made out of Play-Doh. Yes. Yes. And he can't walk. He's walking like he uh, shits on himself. Um, every time I think he they put him step. in like the things to make him taller after this too. Yes. And you can see where the tape is around the knees yes. to show that he's like where they're hiding the stilts that he's standing on because they're shaking as he's walking. Like he's unsteadily <laughs> walking down. Um, and the legs kind of turn in as he's walking on these stilts. Um, so then, you know, I recognized immediately that a Bobo can barely walk. And so I would just like climb a ladder or a rope or something like that and get the fuck away from him. But instead they stand there and do that delayed screaming shit where he walks towards him and they go, ah! and they zoom in on the lips and everything. Look, I'm looking at a picture of him. Ew, you see man, the nut sacks? So but wait, yes. do you see the oh. veiny nut, nuts on the back of his neck? Um, what is that? Who thought this up? Who knows? What does this have to do with Double Dragon? No clue. So um, they run away far enough for them to turn around and start throwing bricks at this guy. That's their strategy. Uh, and then they immediately slip and fall like white chicks in a horror movie. <laughs> so then he can get over to them. And then a Bobo, instead of killing them, stops and says, ugly, 
homely. So then they recognize that he's a Bolo because he said that to them earlier on in the uh, in the film. But then he points at himself and he says, Stan Lee. Why? Why did that happen? Why does he look like this? It's so uncomfortable. Stan Lee. I thought they called each other ugly. No, the, the blonde-haired dude that was in the car with a bobo uh, called him Ugly and Stanley. Oh, Ugly and Stanley. And then he pointed at himself and said, are ugly and homely. And then he pointed at himself and said, Stanley. And that's when I was like, what the fuck? Um, so then Satori comes in, or no. Yeah, Satori, yeah, Satori comes in because when they after uh, Victor after Victor gets kicked through the uh, poster and comes back just fine, he turns to a ghost and he grabs Satori's leg. Uh, so then Satori, we know that that means that he's taking over Satori's body, and he comes in and he starts fighting against uh, Billy and Jimmy, who then push Satori into a cage and it locks. Uh, Victor then shadow crawls his way up the fucking wall to the upper balcony or the catwalk of the theater and this motherfucker literally says tisk tisk <laughs> as he uh, stands there to make fun of them real quick and when I say he said tisk tisk I've never seen anybody write the phrase tisk tisk I've never heard anybody say the phrase tisk tisk, <laughs> but he said tisk tisk. And so uh, at the point where he said tisk tisk, he sets, let me see if I can find this part. He sets the uh, building on fire. <sighs> Shit. <laughs> he sets the building on fire. The fire rips through the uh, floor of the theater. Uh, Kogu, fuck it, Victor, walks away. And then they show Linda Lash just standing there for no reason, saying, is it hot in here or is it just me? Yes. Not from where we're standing. God, leave me. This is getting weird. This, this. You boys had better learn to respect your elders. Now you've gone and locked poor Satori in this dangerous old theater. He folds up like a fucking accordion. It's a fire trap. So they're pouring gasoline all the way down the walkway. And then he lights the gasoline. And then he choice is yours. Flames out. Or your half of the double dragon. Very well. 
He folds Mind up like you, an accordion, like you yes. said. And Satori knows fucking karate. And she's like, go. And then they're like, no. And then they're like, no, don't leave me. And then she starts kicking the fucking gate and bust that shit. Like, why the fuck didn't you do that beforehand, man? Yes. If you you could have been free. You could have been, been free. And they just turned around to Linda Lash, who's just been standing there the whole time. Like, is it just me? Or is it hot in here? So then I blacked out for a second. Um, <laughs> and I just want to point out that uh, M- our E-40 was way more convincing than this in Dead Heist. Uh, E-40 was more convincing than this when he was playing Carlos Santana in the Santana DVX video. And this motherfucker said, one hella Grammys, batches throw me their panties. I'm probably your daddy. I'm probably nutting in your mammy. And that's still more convincing acting than what's going on in this movie. <laughs> like, I can actually believe that Carlos Santana would say some shit like that. <laughs> so she's running with Billy and Jimmy, and they get to the door. They can all get out safely. She throws them out the door and locks the door behind them or slams the door behind her. So it's her and Victor facing each other, and Victor kills her. First of all, I thought he pimp slapped her to death. Until I saw that he just knocked her out with one hit. So he hit her with the one hit of quitter. And mm-hmm. then the whole building burned up. So then they uh, go to see the misfits. Because he's like, now we're going to take over this entire town. They go to see the misfits. The misfits are led by a guy who uh, really does look like a misfit. And so... um. He's like, we're not going to let this guy come over and take over our, our gang. Send him in. And Kogo, our victors, like, I'm already here. And he's like, I'm not going to let you take this over. And he's like, all right, cool. And Victor turns into a shadow, not a ghost, but a shadow, <laughs> no. and, yes. goes, and goes up the wall and chokes this dude's shadow. And this dude fucking dies because Victor chokes his shadow. I'm going to choke my shadow right now. Still alive. He's, he's Noob Sabat from Mortal no. Kombat. Motherfucker, please. How the fuck can you choke a shadow? How do you choke a shadow, fam? Noob Sabat. Stop hating on his powers. <laughs> you can't choke a shadow, fam. If I could choke a shadow, I'd be jacking off at work. But you know what? I can't choke a fucking shadow. Also, I wouldn't be jacking off at work if you're listening to this. Yeah, what are you, Jeffrey like, Tuba? That's just weird. No, man, no. Jeffrey Tuba? I know what you're talking about. That shit was nasty. That was that was dumb of him. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best way to put it. So he chokes this dude to death. He chokes his shadow. And so this dude, the one bad thing about having to choke this guy out choke this guy's shadow out is that you will need somebody who's able to act well enough to where you think that he is actually choking to death and this guy mm-hmm. couldn't act that well. So they just know. showed him looking really there and then he died. And then everybody cheered like every <clears throat> gang member to just watch him murder their gang leader fucking stood up and cheered for him because white people just want to see death. So then... Jimmy and Billy you got the fight. Well, you got the fight, but before that, you got Jimmy and Billy standing at the uh, dock, and Billy is crying over Satori dying, and Jimmy's like, fuck that, she's dead. Yeah. So he takes yes. Billy's lunchbox and throws it into the fucking ocean. 
Jimmy goes, it was her fucking fault. The fuck you so sad for? It was, but still. Why you throw my like, lunchbox in the right. ocean? Why you, why you throw my lunchbox to the ocean, bro? That was my only why lunchbox. Does lunchbox. Why does he have a lunchbox? Why does he have a, yeah, why does he have a lunchbox? So then they're walking and, and Jimmy's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And they walk into a dot, another area where there's like every gang member that you could ever want to see. There's like at least 80 <laughs> gang members out there. And you finally see two black gang members. Oh yeah, the black people right here. And you see gang members for some fucking reason wearing Mickey Mouse gloves. I don't understand that either, but they're fighting. They had a Native American, uh, indigenous person gang member. This was the diverse gang. This was the uh, Rainbow Coalition. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So they are uh, fighting against like eighty people. And you can already tell from the beginning that even though they're fighting 80 people and Scott Wolf can't fight, they're about to beat everybody up because these dummies literally stand in line to beat up two people instead of just mobbing them all at once. In fact, like mm -hmm. two people, you see at a few points where Jimmy is fighting against uh, one person and seven people are standing off to the side just clapping their hands like the Chun-Li stage of Street Fighter. Yeah, that was, that was very weird. I don't understand this whole scene. This is where I got mad and was like, I don't know what to say about this film. What was this for? Just to show them fucking up people? Yep. And if they can fuck up 8,000 people, they couldn't fight one dude? Nope. And uh, by the way, what was the budget on this film for explosions? Because they just have random explosions all throughout this film. Explosions in the water, explosions in this scene, explosions at the end of the film, just fire and explosion pyrotechnics for no reason. None. None at all. Also, they killed the guy because one dude, I remember one dude in this fight fell from like 8,000 feet in the air into the ground. Yep. Well, they that was his own fault. He didn't, they didn't kill him. That motherfucker dove off a building and said, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and they just stepped to the side and he just crashed into the ground. But then they hopped into a boat while well, they went into a cabin and the same guy who was with the Bobo is somehow over here now. And he's fighting with the rainbow coalition and they're all there. Billy and Jimmy are hiding inside of a shack and everybody's standing outside. It looks like a, 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 a herd. It looks like a, no, it looks like a herd from uh, The Walking Dead, the way they're scratching at oh, the yeah. doors and shit. So they start breaking holes through the uh, wooden shack. And um, the guy who was with the Bobo. Hmm? Then they find an Animanium motorcycle. And break it immediately. <laughs> immediately and um the guy who's with a bobo breaks a hole through the wall and looks through it and says i see you and jimmy's like not for long and pokes a stick in his fucking eye and this dude this gang member backs up and bursts into tears <laughs> and another gang member consoles his ass it's okay it's okay you can cry on my shoulder it's all right these are scripted lines. These things really happened. Mm -hmm. So, so you know, 
they somehow realize that the adamantium bike is never going to be able to be fixed again, but they find a boat. And so they hop into the boat and they zoom off in the boat. And earlier in this part, they're talking about the water in this area. And they're like, you don't want to touch it. If you touch it, you're going to get diarrhea and you're going to, uh, you're, you're going to, what was it? Diarrhea and something else. It wasn't death. It was just the runs and some other shit that'll make a kid giggle. That's important because later on in the movie, they show people falling into this water and just getting out like nothing's fucking <laughs> happening to them. Also, uh, the whole city's fucking flooded. So they're riding down the uh, the three hundred five mm-hmm. on a, in a boat. <laughs> they go right there, Hollywood and Vine, and they're like, "Didn't isn't this river supposed to be flammable?" And then the river, right after he says that, fucking bursts into flames. Oh, that's what happened. Because yeah. I was watching this and I was like, "Why is it fire all in the water?" Like I didn't understand. Yeah. Okay, uh, he says. Isn't this river supposed to be flammable? And a guy shoots a fucking missile that flies over their head for no reason and lands in the water. And then the entire fucking river or ocean or whatever bursts into flames. Oh, I'm looking at it now. Also, in this dissolute, a post-apocalyptic town, they're doing Hollywood river tours. Yes. And, <laughs> and that's when I realized that this movie had to have been filmed at Hollywood Studios. Uh, because that was a Hollywood Studios boat. Um, and so after Billy and Jimmy get away, um, they go to the police chief who's answering questions. Uh, and they're asking about how, you know, the, the news are talking about how a cop caught a riot on his body cam, which again, ahead of his time. Uh, the police chief is answering questions. And somebody in the back of the uh, media says, what if the gang members just need a hug? <laughs> and then the chief reminds them that uh, the curfew is about to happen and everybody scatters. They go to the power core building where, for some reason, Marion is feeding a Bobo spinach. Like that's her torture method is to feed to feed him spinach. So he's farting all mm-hmm. over the place, and he's like, "I don't like spinach." And she's like, "Tell me what's happening." He's like, "I really don't know." And then she starts talking nice to him. So um, he starts thinking about things in a different way, and he literally farted and shat and shitted on himself. I saw that shit happen. Uh, Billy and Jimmy go to the front of the power core building, and a sign says, "Use the other door." Billy's like, yo, man, it says use the other door. Jimmy's like, they always say that to fool people. They go through the door that's right there in front of them. They literally have to jump and pull themselves up onto. And they fall into, they go into a dark room. They turn on the light and it says, uh, watch your step. And they immediately fall down a ditch into a mine chute that rolls a mine cart literally 10 feet before it pitches them <laughs> forward onto a pad. They fall on the pad. Then they're surrounded by a bunch of 11-year-old gang members. They're about to get their ass whooped by the fucking lollipop guild. And then Marion shows up. They made this a gang hangout like the coolest place in the world. Like yeah. if I was like if I was like 10, 12 years old in 1994, I'd be like, yo, I have to go to this place. They had like arcade lime games. green, like they had arcade games. They had like a lime green pool. 
of some sort. I don't know what the fuck that I is. That was the big fight water. there. I thought that was the water. People were just running in that shit exactly. at the end of the movie. Exactly. And so um, they... Let me make sure I didn't skip past anything. Oh, yep, I started to break. I started to break away. So it's okay. They, you can skip they are. They are. Uh, they later on decide the to. Part. They later on decide to go and uh, sneak into Koga Suga Victor's uh, building to get the other medallion, and it doesn't work. So they get dropped into an area where uh, zombies are are or mutants are. And a guy, fucking seven foot guy, pops up and says, "Hi there, did you miss me?" And at first, I was like, "Who the fuck is the, who? Who are you?" But then it turned out it's Koga Suga uh, doing his ghost shit. And then after that, they had a moment where the newscasters came up and had a special report, and they said, "Special report from Channel 69." <laughs> because no, better the than 90s. that. Before that. They go to a mall, a oh, mall, yes. a mall that's in pristine condition. It's absolute people wearing suits and just walking. Calvin Klein stores, like pristine condition upper class mall in this post apocalyptic New Anglies. You know what it was? That's where the rich people were, so they knew how to protect their stuff from earthquakes <laughs> and gangs. And seven years of issues, and fucking rain that cuts through your fucking umbrella like a like a knife. That's what happened. So, uh, Koga then tells Jimmy that he killed their father. Um, oh yeah, they said if if the water is toxic, deadly stuff happens. Deadly death will happen to you, and diarrhea and vomiting too. And then everybody gets knocked into the deadly toxic water and just climbs back out. Um, the final battle literally lasts for like 10-15 minutes of madness Uh, at one point in it uh, Lash says to Marion so again um, Lash says to Alyssa Milano now who's the boss oh no they didn't no she didn't yes And (laughs) and then later on Marion tells Lash, whose name is Christine Wagner, Christina Wagner, you're lucky. Generally, I put people in the hospital. Alyssa Milano starred in the television series, Who's the Boss? While Wagner was a regular on General Hospital. Oh, no. No, I just want to say again, (laughs) fuck this movie. (laughs) So... Then uh, after Koga tells, after Victor tells Jimmy how he killed his father, you knew he possessed his ass. Jimmy drops from the ceiling while Billy is fighting like three people. And Billy's like, all right, we got y'all now. And it turns out now he's possessed. So Billy and Jimmy fight against each other like they do on the video game. Um, Billy at one point is fighting against Jimmy in an arcade, in in the room with all the arcade games. And as he holds up the medallion, it says, Shadow Demon, you shall not pass. He's standing in front of a double dragon arcade cabinet. <laughs> because again, fuck this movie. Um, and so 
<sighs> Billy and Jimmy are fighting against each other. Billy finally figures how to how to make the double dragon medallion work because they were trying to make it work earlier uh, by both of them holding it at the same time, and that shit didn't work. So they were like, "Fuck this medallion, man! This shit's some bullshit." But it worked in their time of greatest need, like the fucking Matrix of uh, <laughs> like the fucking Matrix from the Transformers movies. Um, so Billy beats up Jimmy. Jimmy is still taken over by Koga Suga. Uh, Koga says, if you don't give me the medallion, I'm going to drop this sandbag on Jimmy and kill him. He drops the sandbag. Billy shoves Jimmy out the way and absorbs the hit. And everything's fine because he's strongest still. They reconcile, everything's good, except somehow the medallion comes off Billy's neck. Koga Suga picks it up and puts it on and becomes two demon uh, sword guys. Yeah, but here's the thing. He was so much more powerful when he only had one. Yes. He could, he could teleport and fight shadows and take over people's bodies. He gets both of them. And then he just becomes a fucking bad ninja. Not only that, but he becomes super powerful in all assets, in all facets of life. But he still becomes stunned when uh, Miriam turns the fucking light switch on. <laughs> That's how they defeat on. him. They turn the lights on without his shades being on. And blind him. Oh, a Bobo tells him that. A Bobo tells him that, yes. Yeah. But Miriam runs and goes and turns the lights on and blinds him. And Billy and Jimmy are able to beat up the uh, two dark ninja warriors and combine their strengths to become Captain Planet. I'm fucking with you. They put on <laughs> the medallions and just turn him into two super demons. And all they get is corny ass suits. Two corny-ass karate suits. One blue and one red. They don't get any special powers. They just use the same moves that they used when they were working on the in the tile floor of that uh, theater. Like holding it to each other's arms while they jump into people. And so they have beaten Koga. Koga uh, falls back and Billy or Jimmy, who has the power of the ghost, takes over his body. The chief of Blue Lives Matter comes in right in time for Koga to say, hey, man, I'm going to write you a check for $108 million, $180 million for the police force and also arrest me and turn me in and then immediately drops back out of his body. So then Victor's able to say, yo, man, I want that check back. I want that check back. Give me my check back. Give me my money back. And... The police goes, I don't want your money. And then he just happily takes the money. Right. And so then they're walking out to the car after everything's happy ending. And uh, Abobo's like, I don't want to be bad no more. I want to be good. Can I be good with y'all? And Jimmy's like, sure, man, you can come with us. And so they hop in the car and Jimmy's about to make out with Marion, who's been making out with Billy this whole time or making Google eyes of Billy this whole time. And Billy pops back up and a bubble's driving. So they're all screaming as a bubble drives with the uh, fucking nitro on on the freeway. And I hope they but all But what does die. he say? Why did they start screaming? I did not understand this part. 
Let's find out. I just hope they all die. <laughs> I did not understand this part at all. Oh, no. I've seen the way you drive. No problem. Yes! Hop on in. I don't know about this. Trust me. I'm sure glad we ditched Billy. Now Marion and I can finally be alone. What? Nothing. What were they screaming for? I guess because she said that a bubble can't drive. And when he, I, I don't know if he, because he said, um, I'm so glad we ditched Billy. Now I could be alone with Miriam. I thought he was fucking joking. So then like Billy was in a coma or something was going to pop up. But apparently Billy, like how they think they shook him. Like, I don't get that part. I don't get the, the fear of him driving. I don't get the fear of any of this. Um, I just hope they all die. Brutally. <laughs> Fuck this movie. This movie was... Movie it's wasn't... not the worst movie we've seen. Yes, it was. I can say that. It, no. it was not... Because, look, here's the thing about Dead Heist. Dead Heist starred a whole bunch of nobodies. This movie starred people. Once again. And it was bad. Like really bad. <laughs> yeah, but Dead Heist also came out 2007, tw- 13 years later. Also true. <laughs> this was this was bad. I I I enjoyed some of the badness, and then it got to a point where it was just like, please end, just end this film, just it, just end. Another way to point out the badness of this movie. Remember, I was saying that the two henchmen of Koga Shuko were Huey and Lewis. In one scene, he says to his henchman, Huey, Lewis, any news? <laughs> In reference to the band Huey Lewis and the News. What a way to kick off video game month. Yeah, I need is. some excitement. Yeah, this uh, next week we got the great, the great Street Fighter. And he's not talking about the actual good one. He's not talking about the anime one. He's talking about Street Fighter. Raul like, Julia. Raul Julia chewing up the scenery. This might be the best one we do all month long. And we have a guest, too. Good. Um, so far, I have uh, my homegirl, Reese, from the Introverted Nerd Watches podcast. She, uh, I asked her, I was like, hey, you want, you, you're in the video games. You want to do any of these movies? She said, Street Fighter. I said, I mean, you're, you didn't have much of a choice, so okay. So we're going to be doing Street Fighter. Um, as bad as Street Fighter is, I think it's better than this. <laughs> From what I remember. I think it's better than this. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not even... Look, at, at, at the very least, at the very least with Street Fighter, at least we get to see Jean-Claude Van Damme and Raul Julia doing Raul Julia shit and Jean-Claude Van Damme split kick, jump kicks to the face. And um, Ming Na, yes, as Chung Lee. So I'm okay with this movie. Like I'm looking. And Miguel Nunez is in that film. Yeah, he was a cameraman, wasn't he? Blanca. <laughs> no, he wasn't Blanca. He was just some random dude. I forget his name. 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I I don't have any MVPs for this movie. No. I I don't I don't want anybody ever do this again. So I wouldn't ask who could do it better. Um, I'm not. I'm gonna give Drake the week off. I can I imagine younger me thirsting over Alyssa Milano. Well, yeah, but then again, they were thirsting over Alyssa Milano. They made sure to show her butt every time she uh, went through a tunnel. <laughs> like, <laughs> golly, seriously, this movie was so bad. Um, like I said, the body cams and all the technology were ahead of their time. They did that on accident. Uh, the appropriation is undefeated and it's still going on. As you can see, we still have white folks acting like they're African-American, indigenous American, Asian, all kind of crazy shit. Fuck this movie. Fuck this movie in the forehead with a brick. I actually don't think it's going to be the worst one we see. I heard Not, that Chun-Li movie is terrible. I am scared of that Chun-Li movie, fam. <laughs> But I heard that Chuck Lee movie's terrible. But we gonna see. We gonna see when we get there. Um, Eventually, we'll get to good movies on this show. If y'all vote for them, there's Eventually a poll. We'll get to good movies. Uh, you know what? Actually, the poll oh, no, that we're next doing, month we got good movies for the holiday. The poll that month. we're doing will be for January because December we're doing holiday month. And we so, actually pick some good movies. So, and Santa Jaws. And, and he had to pick a bad movie. So we couldn't just have five, four or five good movies. We had to pick a bad movie. Well, you know, it's Santa Jaws. I, I want to see what all the hubbub's about. What's the I hubbub? haven't seen, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but I haven't seen Bad Santa in a long time. And I wonder, this is a perfect hindsight movie because I am not sure how 2020 me is going to, because I loved Bad Santa when I first saw it. But I was a totally different person back then. So yeah. I don't know how 2020 me is going to like that film. It's going to be much, it's going to be extremely interesting. Let's put it like that. Um, Yeah. So for Brandon, Brandon, you got anything like anything you no, want to say just, about this movie to no, close out? No, just end the movie. <laughs> for Brandon it was, it was the first 30 minutes I laughed at I thought was it was bad don't get me wrong but I I had enough uh corniness that I can enjoy after about after that 30 35 minute mark once they got past the first fight with a bobo everything after that was just like how much longer is this film how much that, is this film? I, I think that's the thing the the horribleness just kept going Get me out of here. It didn't, and not even that, it just became boring. Mm-hmm. It's just boring. And I'm like, okay, when is this going to end? And then it ended. <laughs> out of nowhere, too. It was a horrible ending. Lights, yes. lights will kill evil. Uh, but again, for Brandon, I'm, I'm Derek. Uh, thank y'all for checking us out. You can go to our Facebook group, which is Hindsight Movie Reviews on Facebook, obviously. Uh, you can go to our Twitter, which is Hindsight Reviews, R-E-V-U-E-S, uh, no underscore. You can check out our voicemail at 916-633-1537. Or you can email us 
at uh, hindsightmoodreviews at gmail.com. Again, thank y'all so much for checking us out. Thank y'all so much for suffer- letting us suffer through this movie alone. Um, if you want to watch this it, on YouTube for free, as well as on Amazon uh, Prime, and then you can let us know what you felt about it. But we'll check y'all out next week. Y'all be good. Peace. Music for Hindsight is Coffee by Cambo Smith, and it's from the Free Music Archive. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know by now that you slipped.